0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today my guests are Chris Koger and Wes Askleys. They are the co-founders of Spooky Bell Games. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for no, having no, us, Logar.
0: No doubt. No doubt. No. Y'all have a Kickstarter going on for Zine Quest 4. Could you tell us about it?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Wes and I are working on this project called Beyond Deep. Uh, It is an adventure for the Morkborg system uh, put out by Free League Games. Uh, we're big fans of Free League and of Morkborg in particular, um, and they have a, a very cool license that really encourages creators to make 30-part 30 30 content and, you know, get things out into the world. So, uh, yeah, Beyond Deep, you know, it is Morkborg. It's got weird, creepy monsters in it and uh, kind of bizarre magic items, uh, but also it dives into ideas around, you know, kind of like end-of-world capitalism and worker exploitation and stuff because uh, it's set in a mining town that is a company town. Oh, uh, it's nice. kind of yeah. <laughs> like this. I appreciate so, yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's kind of ground under the boot of this mining company that's come in that's secretly aligned to the church. Uh, and so you're you're thrust into the middle of the situation of the workers and the bosses and the company, plus the world's falling apart because it's Morporg. And there's weird shit going on everywhere. So, you know, it's definitely a fun world to play around in.
0: That's that's, that's great. I really appreciate that. That's good stuff.
2: (laughs) Not only is it about worker exploitation, but um, we like to uh, sort of subvert narratives here and make things not quite uh, as in your face. So we brought up a necromancer who is using undead workers to... Basically, anyone who dies in the mine becomes a a free worker for them and so that they can undercut the uh, living workers. And it's a nice way to uh, talk about worker exploitation without talking about worker exploitation.
0: And that's exactly what would happen if yeah. <laughs> we had access to necromancers. <laughs> I think that might be going on at Amazon right now. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I would argue that some of them are not alive. That's for sure.
0: So it, it, it looks uh, looks cool. I love the idea. Can you tell us a little bit more about what we can expect in the action? this is like a little. This is a zine quest, so it's a zine, correct? And what can we can expect? And how like how many pages? and, and what exactly is in there?
2: so originally yes it was supposed to be a zine uh it has evolved to pretty much a full-on book we're looking at 80-ish pages potentially more if we reach some stretch goals here it has evolved from a a one-shot adventure to a probably three or four-shot adventure with a pretty robust lore surrounding the town and we hope to add more even still so we'll see what we shake out with the final page count chris has some ideas for some monsters that he'd probably like to get on paper so
1: yeah absolutely um like i said you know we were kind of going in going oh we're going to do this 48 page zine we love that kind of vibe we love the style we love the stuff that people put out in the indie rpg market around zines i have a ton of them you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah as we developed the idea together it kind of got a little bigger and a little bigger and we wanted to do maps for everywhere and there's you know, all of these named NPCs now. And um, basically, we ended up with a huge toolbox, uh, you know, for anybody that picks up the book. So you can go in and do super heavy role playing. You can run just a dungeon crawl. You can kind of pick your pieces and parts. So it's laid out to where you can use it however you want. But even if you just want to pick up the book, there's encounters and different things laid out. So it's really easy to just follow along as well.
0: I appreciate the one page here. We have the necromancer boss man, the company man. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit about that? <laughs> like, I ain't no company man.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Wes had a lot of inspiration going in when he first started on the project uh, with these the Appalachia region and these like mining company towns mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and kind of how they had like an almost godlike you know grip over the people that lived there and so you know we have been talking ideas you know we're friends also so I told them about the idea you know hey what about this necromancer you know that works for the company kind of like you mentioned before if you're taking the idea work expectation right then you're gonna go hey like what's the farthest that I can take it just keep pushing it and it's like well yeah the first you can take it is like you work somebody until they die and then you raise them and then you just keep working them after that. Also, (laughs) you know, Uh, unfortunately it's not as far away from reality. Sometimes I feel like as it needs to be, but it's as far, at least as we could take it for right
0: now, those human resources.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) It also nicely touches on something that did happen in company towns where basically the father goes into the mine. He has a boatload of kids and they also all go into the mine. That's, similar to working after death there and then not only that if you are the survivors to a uh, horrible mine accident the family you're still owned by the company they own your house they own your land it's it's kind of a, a scary concept in and of itself so you know why not put some monsters in there yeah
1: and there's even actually a mechanic in the game you can literally Sell your soul to the company store, and they will give you script, you know, worth silver, so you can buy stuff. But then there's consequences later on if you actually sell your soul to them. So
0: I sell your soul to the man. So I sell the company. I appreciate that. My my uh my my father-in-law or my father-in-law to be. He uh he keeps his that they're we go out there all the time to see him. They live up there in those mountains where those mines are and stuff. Yeah. And he uh when he was young, he was in those mines and his his the, her grandfather and all that part of the family was in those mines, working those mines. So they're all big union folk. And he yeah. keeps that 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 hard hat right there on his in his living room to remind him what he has to go back to if he can't get out of there. <laughs> and it's, He's, yeah. he, he's a good fella yeah they're 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 good folks but you hear a lot of the stories they tell about about those mines and working those mines for generations and it's 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 quite a thing it's quite a thing <laughs> so yeah i'm into the subject matter a lot <laughs> appreciate it
1: <laughs> yeah man it's great you know and if you like look at uh, yeah we're talking about our project but like you know you look at the united states right you look at like things we don't learn a lot about in history you're talking about you know having family, right, connected, you know, through your loved one, uh, who is part of that world, you know, in 1921, you know, basically 100 years ago, there was like a full out battle, the Battle of Blair Mountain, you know, that was mining workers versus state cops and scabs that the mining companies were bringing in, Uh, they brought in military later on, you know, like thousands and thousands of people you know, and and miners unionizing and trying to get decent, you know what I mean, working wages and conditions and stuff, uh, you know, so that's like kind of the history of our country. And so, well, you know, while not all of that is buried in, that's kind of like a lot of the underlying ideas for going in. And what better world than Morgborg that's literally, <laughs> you roll a dice to see if it's the day the world ends, you know? Uh, if you're at the end of the world and in the middle of the apocalypse, then how do you handle all of that stuff?
0: We had, uh, sometime in the last year, we had on uh, Jennifer, I don't want to say her last name wrong. So I, I know it starts with a name, but I, there's two names I'm confusing. But she, she came up she did this it's not even a role-playing game per se a storytelling game called the price of coal that is all about the battle of blair mountain you should definitely check out go find that one.
1: i'm like literally writing it in my notes right now so i can go (laughs) look it up that's awesome
0: price of coal and there's a few others that she exposed me to that i haven't been able to get my hands on yet along those lines but yeah I'm, i'm excited about that so Morkborg is a fun a fun game and, and and I think it's great and I love the free league stuff. I'm curious how y'all came to this point of uh of wanting to put out this adventure for Morkborg. like where do you come from game wise? I was like, "Hey, we need to do this. this is this is the one we need to put out, you know." Where did you So, so, so as that Chris like?
2: Yeah, uh so as Chris said um previously Morkborg has this sort of tongue in cheek uh end of the world nothing matters Etc. You're just trying to live your life, and that's kind of what I wanted for the adventure. But, but previously to that, Morkboard just like lets you use all of their lore, all of their uh, pre-existing uh, world to play in, like to to create a, an adventure in, and it really um, lends itself to creative freedom, and you can put whatever you want in it, mm-hmm. and so that evolved into obviously. Being able to—I mean, I've worked retail most of my jobs, uh, and I feel like most people have. And you know, it feels like the end of the world <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and you just—and you just get up and you go in and you do your job. I mean, a- and it sucks, and everyone hates it.
0: <laughs> uh, no doubt, no doubt. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about uh, prior to Mark Borg and? Where are y'all coming at game wise? Like how y'all from? I'm assuming y'all are probably in the same game group to start with, or am I incorrect in assuming that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been playing games since like the early '90s. You know, I was an AD and D Second Edition kid and played a crap ton of games since then. Uh, and then maybe six, seven years ago, found kind of like indie games and one pagers and kind of this like weird, interesting, cool world of everything else. Uh, so I kind of dove in uh, and and Wes and I met, you know, pretty close to around that time uh, through a, lake, a local gaming store. Um, so, you know, we've we've played in each other's games. Uh, I'm actually playing in a game he's running right now, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, we've kind of been friends. So that that really, you know, kind of connected us. We have. Similar views of the world, a lot, uh, very similar views on gaming, uh, kind of as a pastime, something super fun to do, but kind of the things that you can do with the ideas in role playing, also.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we met about five six years ago now. I've been gaming. I'm a little bit younger than Chris here. I've been gaming since the, the early aughts, two thousands. Um, so I'm third edition and three point five D and D, and pretty much never played up until college. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I come from the generation of. Uh, of hardcore MMOs and and stuff like that, where you've taken your role playing online and you don't need a a gaming group directly in front of you. Yeah. You know, has shaped how I view games and stuff like that as well, uh, which is kind of cool. It gives me a different perspective. But like Chris also said, I think role playing games can be uh, super interesting socially. Some people are like, well, why are you bringing politics or social issues into into Mm the games? It's always been that way, man. You just didn't know it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking about like, I mean, look at some of the early modules. Slave Lords is pretty stinking. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Co- correct. Uh,
0: like, uh, like, I like, mean, any political charge like content. Yeah. You kind of need a political, some sort of political charge content for there to be a conflict to play in.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you look at even like uh the Dark Sun setting for for D anD D, that's a, a post apocalyptic world that has uh, has so many, you know, social, economical, and and political issues just baked into it. A big word that we use around here is is RPGs can be cathartic. Uh, they can help you kind of realize i don't know if they can teach you how to how to be but they can teach you who you are they can teach you who uh you want to be they they can definitely uh influence how you want to approach the real world So I think that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. And being, you get to be somebody else for a little while. Right. So you get to try something on, you get to try a personality on. That's a little bit different. You get to with, you know, maybe a a little bit less impact than your real life, make a decision Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't usually make, you know, Uh, and kind of try those ideas out and stuff and have a good time and see what fits. So.
0: And playing with other people. I mean, the kinds of, skills you gain socially and stuff like that you get a chance to examine and re-examine these different you know who is this person i'm going in i'm i'm acting as but also with others like the types of things you see Wright mills the sociological imagination i'm not sure if you're familiar with that idea or not i'm a big fan of c right mills wrote this great book called power elite And uh, also came up with this concept of the sociological imagination. And when I discovered the sociological imagination, which is perceiving and and, and understanding and seeing the world through the different uh, experiences of others, how they may perceive it, you know, I feel that I've gotten a lot of skills to be able to do that, kind of some of those come from not just reading, but also from Role playing, being able to take the time and examine that and do that, so I appreciate that aspect of it myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic, right? Because you're you're put into a group and you've all got to get along. You've got to make space for each other. You've got to communicate, you know, possibly in a different way, not just in game but at the table, you know. So you are you're really building a social skill set there that sometimes you don't get outside of you know any other kind of team that has to work together that tightly. So
0: oh yeah no doubt and you get to create your own entertainment instead of having somebody like dictate it to you <laughs> that's <laughs> <one>. <laughs> absolutely of just consuming it <laughs> you're engaging <laughs> i like that aspect of it as well
1: yeah i love it man yeah especially to like running games and writing games right because they are so interactive it's it's a nice creative outlet for me i played music for years and years and i've kind of just started again recently but uh it was a really cool way to trying to feel creative, but also interact with other people and see what they do with those same ideas and what you've written and stuff, Uh, which I love that feedback loop is really important for me as a person.
0: We're about out of time. Is there anything that we should know about Beyond Deep before we go?
1: Uh, Yeah, go check out the Kickstarter. We're super excited. I'm so thankful for the backers that we have. Uh, we're just over 130 backers. We're about 300% over our goal. The Kickstarter runs until the end of August. So hop on Kickstarter, take a look around. Quest is super cool. There's a bunch of amazing like projects on there. Hopefully we make enough money that I can pay off my bill for all the stuff that I'm backing. You know, this
2: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have probably a good 10 zines coming down the pipeline. Uh, one cool thing about ours is there's only there's two tiers there's digital and and uh print tier so you can it's pretty simple we give you whatever we get out of it i mean we're we're not looking to take away a ton of money from this we're trying to put out a cool product i'd like to reach our our rest of our stretch goals and and maybe even more uh simply to upgrade the book as much as possible Uh, i'm an amateur book binder uh by hobby so (laughs) it any little upgrade to the book, I will, I will put into it.
0: Well, we have to, we'll have to get you back on again then, and because I'd be curious to talk about amateur bookbinding as a hobby. <laughs> well, definitely. Let's let's talk afterwards and make sure we make this episode happen in the near future. <laughs> awesome. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online? You can
1: go to basically any social platform and just look up Spooky Bell Games. Uh, we're on Facebook, TikTok, Reddit, Instagram, you know, Twitter. We're Twitter, basically yep. all over the place. So, yeah.
0: If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Any support we can get at patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.